of chapter 9. John chapter 9. Two fingers, one at the beginning, one at the end. That's what we're going to cover right now. Okay? We're going to read it together. The word is powerful, and it should, by the way, be publicly read. It's one of the things that we find in Scripture is, is encouraged for us to do. Huh? So please enjoy just reading this with me. Okay, that's why it's so lovely to have a Bible along. And I know that we have different versions and different translations that yours is not as good as mine. That's fine, I forgive you. Um, it's the ESV. I like using the English Standard Version. If you have the Amplified with you, you're going to probably read it on 3 o'clock this afternoon. Yours is quite expanded. But anyway, nevertheless, I'm going to read from verse 1 through to 41. Okay? says the following, as he passed by, talking about Jesus, he saw a blind man, blind man and who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Mm -hmm. It's lovely, eh? We'll do a demonstration later. Then he anointed the man's eyes with volunteers could just themselves. He anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed. Back seeing. Say with me, seeing. Came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Oh, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, Oh, it is he. Others said, No, but it's, he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how were your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought, to the, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day ooh, ooh, when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see some of the Pharisees said, hmm, this man is not from God, uh, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, uh, but how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, uh, he's a prophet. Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight. Until they called the parents um, of the man who had received his sight and asked them, uh, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? We know that this is our son. But how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know how who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For 
Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Fear of man. Uh, uh. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been born blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he, this is Jesus, is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered him, I've told you already. Kind of like annoying, but hey, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> and they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. First time ever. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and you would, would you teach us? They cast him out. How's it when someone is cast out that Jesus takes notice? Verse 35. Someone has just been cast out. Who appears? Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him. And it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. I love this story. And um, oh, I wish we could take just time to sit and go through it almost verse by verse and just let it speak to our hearts. But I, I do want to encourage you. Why don't you take time this week um, and let God speak to you from this? Because there's so much from this chapter that I believe God wants to use to stir our hearts. The thing that struck me is that often in life we, we walk around and we see things as an individual that someone that may be with us have not seen or is not seeing. Ever traveled maybe through nature and uh, oh, there it is. It's a little baby giraffe. Like, stop the car, stop the car, it's a baby giraffe. It's like, where, where, where? There. Where? I can't see it. I see the big giraffe. But I don't see the babies are off. Okay, see tree? Okay, tree on the right. Yeah, see rock on the left? I see rock on the left. See tree, tree further behind it? I see, yeah. Babies are off to the right. I don't see it. Okay, come on, let's go again. Tree into the front. Okay, on the right. Rock to the left. Tree to the back. Babies are off. No, I can't see it. 
It's like there's a frustration from both ends, isn't it? The one who's trying to show you where this object is and the one that's saying, I can't see it. The beautiful thing is this, that our God who sees knows that we can't see. He does. So guess what happens here? Jesus walks past a blind man. The blind man is not aware of Jesus. He doesn't know about Jesus. He's blind. He doesn't see Jesus. Jesus sees him. How's that? Jesus sees him and his infirmity, his disability. He says, I can see that this man needs to see. His greatest need is not to see trees or baby giraffe. His greatest need is to see me. And I dare to say that one of the saddest things in life is that we can have eyes but no eyesight. Spiritually. Because if you look at the definition of what it means to be blind, physical sense, it's an obviously very simple. It's the inability or unable to see because of injury, disease, or an inherited condition. A spiritual sense of being blind is this, lacking perception, awareness, or judgment. Just being able to judge correctly and look and perceive with open eyes spiritually and seeing Jesus. God's heart breaks for people that He walks by that don't even notice Him. And you know, the sad thing for us is that we can, we can even be in meetings like this and not see Jesus. And I'm not saying that Jesus is physical here. But I'm talking about the spiritual senses, my friend. And Jesus, when He comes, He doesn't come to condemn you for not seeing Him. He doesn't come to condemn you for being unaware of Him. He knows that you're unaware of Him, if that is true of whoever. He knows that we sometimes are distracted by things, that it actually blinds our spiritual perception of who God is, and our eyesight is blurred and we we can't see. And so he notices that much long years before you even are aware of it. Because the fact is this, we are all born with an inability to see God. The scripture is very clear in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 to 4, you can read that. Where it says, the God of this age, which is the devil, has blinded our eyes to see the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can't see him because sin comes and blinds us, our spiritual ability to see Him and to notice Him. And this morning, I want to encourage you that Jesus sees that first. And when He sees it, He doesn't condemn you for not seeing Him. He reaches out to us like He did here. Jesus knows exactly whether we can see Him or not, whether we are blind or not to Him. And may I just quickly define what it means to see him? Because we're like, okay, is he around? Okay, where? You want to show me out? I see trees. I see a wall. I see cars. I don't see Jesus. How do you see him? It's like, okay, just relax. It's not like, you know, he's walking around you and you're not seeing him. It's certain things that help us to see him. And it's something that happens in our hearts. And that's why we call it faith. Faith is believing in something that you don't see. Uh Uh-huh. That's what real faith is. 
Uh, we live in a world that says seeing is believing. No, no, no. We believe before we see. We believe in our hearts. And I believe one of the simple ways that we see Him is yeah. So if we ever say, never seen Him, I dare to say to you, without condemning, that you've never opened your Bible. Because the moment you do, you will see Him. The whole Old Testament points towards Him. The whole New Testament is a fulfillment of what the Old Testament talks about and refers to. So together, we have this incredible synergy between the Old and the New. And we see Jesus in that. We see who He is. We recognize, it's another way of saying, I see, I see that He's a Son of God. He came to die for my sins, and I'm a sinner. Without Him, I'm absolutely lost. I see. I see. And Jesus reaches out when we are unable to see. The sad thing is this, <laughs> that the disciples that saw this blind man wanted to attribute the fact that he doesn't see, can't see to his own um, fault and perhaps even his parents that have erred. So here they walk and Jesus sees a blind man that needs to see. The disciples see a blind man, according to them, that have sinned. So the, the difference for me is very, very interesting. They see first, what, what the disciples sees first is a, a, an, an issue that keeps them from God, or the person from God. Oh, that sin in his life is causing him not to see. Jesus sees a need for God in him. Jesus walks past this man who cannot see. He sees a need for this man to meet with God. He has a need for God in his heart. He wants to see, not only physically, but he wants to see Jesus. And we see the end of this chapter where he actually confesses what he is seeing. I see that Jesus is Lord. I believe in him. This is what he's done for me. I believe. The disciple sees what is keeping him from God. And so, it's an interesting situation because this is how often we live our lives. When we look at ourselves, we don't necessarily all people around us. We may not immediately see our need for God. We see what keeps us from God. And we notice our own shortcomings, our own failures, our own mistakes, our own sin. We look at one another and, oh, did you hear he's lost his job? Yeah, I know why. I know why. I know what's keeping him from God. I do not notice the need that he has for God. I notice what keeps him from God. And so I judge, judge that person accordingly. So when we look at each other around here and maybe there's just something out of line. All of us are out of line a bit, isn't it? Because none of you are perfect. Just in case you thought that your spouse or your friend or your children are just absolutely perfect. I'm so sorry to, to disappoint you this morning, but none of us are perfect. There's something in our lives that are out of line. And that out of line, I want to say, is something 
that we have in our systems, which is a need for God, for God to help us with, for God to open our eyes to see, for God to deliver us from. But what we do with each other, we see, oh, that's what's keeping you from God. Mm, I know what it is. You want to ask me? I know what it is. I know what keeps you from God. Oh, your loss of your job or your car being stolen or um, your, your children being sick. That's something in your life that keeps you from God. And you can repent of that, my friend. This is what the disciples did. Their immediate response to what they saw was a person with an issue that kept him from God. Quite a dangerous way to live. Because it means that everything I do in terms of how I treat people and treat myself is done through a simple thing called criticism. That I criticize first. I do not consider the need that person has for God. I, I look at what potentially, what possibly is keeping them from God. And I judge. I think, oh, I know. I know what it is. Yeah, I know. I've been watching their life. Over the last couple of weeks, I could see. You know, they, they don't come to church. So, I mean, that's why. That's why. But yet, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, they said, probably his parents sin or his sin that is keeping him from God and keeping him from being able to physically see. God said, no, Jesus said, uh-uh. This is to glorify my God, Father in heaven, that He is blind so that today when I pray for Him, when I spit on His face, He's going to see. It's like, what? And friends, there's a danger in this for us. And I want to love Him, He say to you, God wants to open our eyes not to see what keeps people from God, but God wants to open our eyes to see why people need God, just they need for Him. And whatever the reason is, we are not there to judge that. And by the way, I don't think God goes around and just blurts out secrets of people. That's one of the things that last weekend, when Kevin and Nicole were here, they said in the beginning, God's not going to show us things that will embarrass people and you know, expose them. Oh, yesterday when you were driving, you swore, eh? And God says this morning, you've got to repent, my friend. <gasps> How did God know? God, God knows, but He doesn't want to expose you. Why are you laughing? Some of you are feeling the nudge. No, don't worry. I just want to encourage you. Let's live lives that aren't firstly criticizing people when we see they're in a predicament, in a certain situation, in a certain spot. Let's not look for what keeps them from God. Let's try to pray for them to see their need for God. Say, God, I pray that they will just see their need for you. There's, a, there's an incredible story in the Old Testament of David. And those of you that know the story, we, can't, we don't have time to go through it at all in detail. But David was so, so um, passionate for God's presence and in the Old Testament. And it came in the form of the ark, which is a physical um, object. And that thing was brought into the city of Jerusalem. And when David, after this ark had been absent from the, from the Israelites, not in the city, when it returned to the city, David was absolutely so um, 
just joyful and, and, and went around in the streets. And the Bible said that he, that he took off his, his robe and he was just in his linen ephod, which was like disgraceful for a king. And he danced with the, with, with the, the people of the street. And his wife up in the, in the palace looked at him and despised him in her heart, Michal. And the Bible says that when she eventually spoke to David and, and criticized him for it, the Bible says clearly that she never had children from that moment. She was barren. And her barrenness came from her criticism. She criticized and judged her husband. And that caused her to become barren physically. I wonder sometimes if criticism here on earth today does not always also lead to a spiritual barrenness. Like, that thing's happening in my walk with God. It's like I pray and it's just like bouncing off the ceiling. And it's like, God, where are you? Could it be, friend, that there's a pattern in your life and in my life that when we look at people, we immediately see what keeps them from God? We don't notice they need for God. We see what keeps them from God. And we judge them. And we criticize them. And we walk around with this self-righteous feeling, attitude, and, and feeling like we're superior to everybody else. You don't say it, but you, you can live like that. And spiritually, you feel like you're just being drained. And there's just no progress in your walk with God. I trust this morning if that is in any way relevant to any of us, that we'll say, Jesus, I repent. Please forgive me for any, any, any um, just taste or smell of criticism and judgment in my life. Forgive me of that. God wants to open our eyes to see Him. Help us to see people the way that He sees them. So when we sing a song, which we will, and, and pray this prayer, God, open my eyes. It's also an opening of eyes to see where I am at and what God wants to do in my life. So when, when He opens the physical eyes of a blind man, He uses that to actually speak to those whose eyes actually have always been open. Because when He does this strange thing, and this is where we need a volunteer and a bit of mud, and my, my throat is quite dry, so I need a bit of spit too. Anyone? So I need... No one? No, no, don't just do that. She's like, I need a volunteer. Here he goes. <laughs> no, no, I mean, Jesus does this amazing thing. And I, and I kind of pondered upon this. Why, why did he do that? He couldn't just go and, hey, be, be healed and boom. Or he could have just said it. Jesus is God. He can do anything. You know? He's like... <laughs> on the, in the mud and you know, mixes it with the saliva and he brings it up and he smears it on his face. And I mean, this man is he's completely oblivious to what's happening. Huh? Surely he may have heard, I don't know what that is. It kind of sounded strange what he was doing. It's like maybe somebody in a crowd. Oh, okay. Like, what's this stuff on my, on my eyes? Maybe it's like a cream or an ointment or something. Like, and the people, they cringe like you guys are. Because they can see what Jesus has just done. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he not? Because Jesus did whatever he, he was told by the Father to do. So he takes this. I believe because he actually wanted to offend the people. 
and show them that my ways are so different than your ways. And whatever I want to do, I'll do. So don't come and judge me according to what you see. <gasps> like, oh, it's not acceptable in our culture. Jesus is like, you know what, I'm building a new culture. And I'm not saying that we should do stuff that, offends, that offends each other purposefully. But you know what, when we obey Jesus, there will be things that aren't completely written according to the rule book that you want to live by. We need to love one another cross-culturally, for instance. Your way of growing up does not necessarily or could not perhaps handle that. It's outside of, out of the line or the framework of how I grew up, God. It's like, you want me, you open my eyes to love everyone? Ah, I don't know. It's like the saliva, mud. Ah, ah, ah. Jesus says, when I speak, and when I open your eyes, I want you to operate in a way that is not according to the norm. So guess what? This is absolutely out of the norm, isn't it? It's like spitting and... Because he wants to show us that his ways are so different than our ways. And maybe he wanted to actually offend the disciples and show to them, listen, I want actually your eyes to open up to my ways. It's not this physical eyes that only need to be opened, but your physical eyes, your spiritual eyes are closed. Your physical eyes are open, but your spiritual eyes are closed to see me. And so, hey, we can go around. Yeah, I can see. My eyes are open. I can see. I can see the baby giraffe. <laughs> but can I see Jesus? Do I see him? Do I see his ways? Do I recognize him? Do I follow his ways? Do I lay down my life for him? Am I passionate about seeing him? Like this week, we were passionate about seeing news. Okay, what's the latest? What's the latest? What's the... Oh, guys, did you hear? We want to see what I want to see. And... And, and our eyes probably got quite tired this week of following internet and news and social media. I want to encourage you. Don't you open your heart to see Jesus. And when you see people, don't see them the way that you've always looked at them. And when you look at yourself, don't look at yourself the way that people look at you either. Look at the way that God looks at you. There are spiritual eyes that need to be open. This morning, as I close this, the amazing thing is that when this man's eyes were opened, it also opened his spiritual perception in the sense that he could see that this is Jesus. He asked him, who is this Lord that has healed me? Jesus said, it is me. And immediately he said, I believe. He is the Lord. I want to say to you, when your spiritual senses are open, you open yourself up to a new world that we've never been in. We may have lived here in this world 81 years, and I thank God that your eyes are open to see Jesus, and that's a testimony of your life. But you know what? We can live here 81 years, and we could have seen everything. People could have stories to tell. You know, I've been there, I've seen this, I've seen that. But have you seen Jesus? What do you see when you look? Do you just look at the physical? And are you so um, almost informed just by what you see through the physical in this material world? Or are you informed and then transformed by what you see in the Bible?
Jesus wanted this man to see, but I also believe that he wanted his disciples to see something that they had never seen before. Although they could physically see, there was spiritual um, blindness that they had. There was that upon their lives that he wanted to free them from. And folks, this is the core of my message this morning. Not can you see me, can you see the baby giraffe, but can you see Jesus? Are you pursuing a walk with him where he becomes more and more real to you as you, as you look at scripture, as you engage with others, as you spend time with him, as you simply just follow him? Because that's our lifestyle. We want to be with him. We want to become like him. And we want to do what he did. So I want to walk with him. I want to, you know, imitate him. Just be like he is. And I want to obey him. Do what he did. And do what he says I need to do. Simply. But I cannot do that if, I, if my, my eyesight is just physically inclined. I've got to look beyond what I see. I've got to go deeper into stuff that I cannot touch. And that's where my faith comes in. That's where I say, God, open my eyes, please. Open my eyes. And I pray that for us as a church, that we will be people that see. Amen? And this morning, as we prepare to sing this song just finally, this morning, if your eyesight has been hampered because of whatever, and I'm not starting at sin, just saying, you've been wanting to see, but it's, God, it's just distant. Jesus is more aware of your inability to see him than what you are and anybody else is. And so this morning, he would, like in this very first verse, it says, as he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. The blind man didn't call out. Jesus saw him. Jesus sees us today. So it's a spiritual blindness upon you I pray that in God's name He will help us to have those scales removed by simply just saying Jesus I want to see you I want to see you and you know what I mean when I say that God will reveal to you so much of who He is so much of how much He loves you He will reveal Himself to us by us just simply saying Jesus I need to see you need to see. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we sing this song together. And, and this is a song that's a prayer. It's not a... Actual fact, this song is an amazing song because it's not it's not singing about Jesus. It's singing to Jesus. It's a prayer we pray that says, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I want to see who you are high and lifted up who you are in essence i want to as i read the word i want to see you